From the Financial Times in Brussels, I'm Alex Barker, and this is FT News. EU leaders are gathering in Brussels for a two-day summit where Brexit will be on the agenda. There is no greater prize for Britain in Brexit talks than a deal on providing access for the City of London to European markets. It was perhaps then hardly a surprise that the EU avoided mentioning financial services altogether in the latest version of their Brexit guidelines, the instructions EU leaders give to their negotiator. Ambitious arrangements on financial services are not a feature of standard free trade agreements, and most member states want to hold back any concessions for the city until the very last moment in talks. But this week saw a couple of developments that show how complex the considerations are when it comes to Brexit and the city. Suddenly, a mention of financial services appeared in late drafts of the guidelines. And of course, on Friday, the EU leaders will be rubber stamping a deal for a 21-month transition, the terms which will cover the aftermath of Britain's exit, which may very well change the preparations that city firms are making to prepare for exit. Here to explain it all for us is Jim Brunsden, who watches the financial services beat for us in Brussels. Jim, can you explain how and why financial services kind of came back from the dead in the guidelines? Yes, in a word, Luxembourg. The Grand Duchy of Luxembourg is many things, and uh, one of the things it is is a major EU financial centre. And its government, led by Xavier Bettel, has been pushing in recent days to have some language on financial services, if not put into the guidelines, attached to them in some way, basically to reflect the fact that links to the City of London are important for Luxembourg. Throughout the Brexit process, Luxembourg has stressed that it doesn't see its financial centre being in competition with London, which is maybe something we need to take with a pinch of salt. But it also says that its financial centre is very symbiotic with London, that it provides services that are very complex complementary to the ones that uh, companies can get in the city. So they have asked for this wording to be there. So we now do have a reference in some form in a document to financial services, which is different to where we were, say, a week ago. So how much encouragement should the UK take from this? Doesn't it show that some member states want closer ties, that all the tough talk is starting to fade away? Yes. Well, when it comes to financial services and Brexit, countries have different positions. And so in this instance, on one side of the table, we have, as mentioned, Luxembourg. On the other side of the table, we have France, which has taken a very tough line, in part because it sees everything to gain from Brexit when it comes to financial services in building up Paris as a financial centre. And also it does have some concerns which are slightly less narrowly self-interested, which are more about protecting financial stability and also having what French officials stress basically ad nauseum, which is a level playing field when it comes to market access for financial services. Now, this wording on how the talks on financial services or how financial services access might be handled after Brexit was drafted by the Luxembourgers and the French together. And the result is several lines of text which are incredibly ambiguous. So what does this annex actually say? And is it something that they will discuss with the UK? Well, yeah, that's a very interesting question. It means, in some ways, all things to all people. What it says is that there needs to be appropriate access for the City of London, for the UK in general, when it comes to financial services after Brexit. 
So that's something obviously which favours the Luxembourg camp. You know, it says financial services is an issue we have to address. However, when you look at the fine print of it, it makes clear that that access is going to have to be based around the same system that any other non-EU country uses to access the EU financial services market, which is a system known as equivalence. So in other words, the UK isn't getting any kind of special treatment here. Now, then it flips back more to the Luxembourgish side of the argument because there is a reference saying, yes, but we can improve equivalence. Equivalence should be improved, which then gets us to the interesting question of what do you mean by improve? Exactly. I mean, is that something the UK would be pleased about? Improvement sounds like this will be a much better situation than before. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a very nice word. Unfortunately, in this instance, what it probably means, and what Michel Barnier, the EU's chief Brexit negotiator, has indicated it means, is actually beefing up equivalence assessments. So in other words, the review that countries are subjected to by the European Commission in Brussels before equivalence is granted. In other words, this isn't about more generous access. It's about the EU taking an ever more careful look at countries, especially ones which are big trading partners with the EU, before equivalence is granted. Now, this is nothing new in and of itself. It's something the Commission has been talking about almost since the day after Brexit. Basically, this equivalent system was never designed to cope with a country which was such a, a huge trading partner, such a close trading partner as Britain, because Britain was in the EU when the equivalent system was invented. And so what the Commission's been looking at is, is saying, well, before we grant these access rights that you can get under this system, we need to make a very careful assessment of what financial stability risks the EU is taking on here. And so improve is more about that than it is about actually granting any kind of more generous access rights. And just to be absolutely clear, the difference between equivalence, as they're talking about it, is that it's a unilateral decision by the EU to say, we've looked at your system and are opening up, whereas in a trade deal, you enter into arrangements where you're kind of coordinating standards and giving a guarantee of access that you've negotiated with the UK directly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what the UK is really after is something that doesn't exist. So various trade deals that the EU has struck do have financial services chapters in. The trade deal with Canada, which is one that's often cited in the context of Brexit, has a financial services chapter. But that financial services chapter is quite limited in what it does. It basically guarantees a country's rights under the WTO. It makes it easier for companies to move staff around. But what it doesn't do is provide the core mutual recognition of regulatory standards that you need to create one marketplace. In other words, it doesn't say, Canada, all your regulations are automatically considered to be as good as ours. Your firms can come and trade and operate around the EU single market just like European firms can. It doesn't do that. So Canadian firms are left reliant on equivalence, just like other firms in countries that don't have free trade deals with the EU. And equivalence is, as you say, it's a unilateral system. It's basically a determination by the Commission that in very specific areas, case by case, EU law, regulation by EU law and regulation, that a country's standards are good. So it provides a kind of hodgepodge of access rights that are entirely in the gift of the EU and could be withdrawn at any time. So it doesn't provide that uh, commodity that's so precious for international trade, which is certainty. The EU has before been a bit more ambitious when they were discussing the TTIP trade deal with the US. Financial services was handled in there, but I think that was an equivalence regime where they said, we'll do these tests We'll guarantee that we do a test. We won't guarantee, though, that it comes out with a positive outcome. Precisely. The TTIP text is a fascinating one because it kind of goes to the absolute outer limit of where you can go 
in this model we've been talking about. So it takes you all the way to the edge of the water, if you like, when it comes to granting equivalence, but it still doesn't take this vital last step of saying you get mutual recognition. So it tees everything up so that a country can go through these tests and pass them, but it still doesn't go the extra mile, which is the thing that the British are so desperate to have. Yeah, And last point, transition. This clearly is a terrifically complex, difficult heavily political area in terms of making arrangements for the future on financial services. At least they've got a bit more time now, 21 months. Will companies be able to take their foot off the accelerator in terms of preparing for Brexit and take a more kind of considered measured response now? That's what you'd think, but regulators and central banks in particular are divided on this. When you look at the Bank of England, the Bank of England has said that once there is a strong political signal that there will be a transition period, which is what we now have, it's what will be confirmed at the EU summit, then it would basically take its foot off the gas a bit when it comes to its pressure on banks to do contingency planning. With the European Central Bank in Frankfurt, no such luck. The ECB has said no until a transition period is signed, sealed and delivered, absolutely, legally, then its working assumption is still that we have a worst case scenario, a hard Brexit with Britain crashing out completely in March 2019. So it's very much still keeping the pressure on banks. Jim, thank you very much. And if you'd like to read more, we have two articles on this subject on Brexit and financial services on ft.com at the moment. You can follow the link on our podcast. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.